I couldn't be happier, especially at the at the minute with all the success. But even through the hard times, um, I've always stuck by the team. I always go to go to games whenever I, I can. I've been a season ticket holder for about eighteen years now at Celtic Park. Um, so my dad was taking me all the way back when I was uh, when I was just learning, just able to walk myself and stuff like that. He, he was taking me, and he's got all the old season books in the house to. Uh, to prove it because I actually wanted to see, to see for myself a few years ago. Um, not, not, it's not me, not, I don't want to say disbelieving, but I just wanted to say, wow, that's really weird that I was two years of age and actually going to all these games and all oh, this, the season books are all there. And yeah, I'm just like, wow. It just, makes, it just makes me feel really proud to be a Celtic fan. And I've just, you just see all the sort of, um, I've got hundreds of memorabilia. I've been on European trips away to see Celtic, but these are all things that we can delve in as the conversation uh, rolls on a wee bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so just the way you're saying that, you like you really are talking about it like it as a way of life, which is really interesting to me. Um, so like, what what is it like? Is it sort of like like what's the uh, enticing part? Is it that it kind of like adds a purpose to things, or what is it? It's. It gets referred to a lot as the Celtic family, where supporters will look out for each other. You see that a lot of sort of communities and Facebook, a lot of communities and pubs and stuff like that. There's certain pubs that are like our Celtic pubs and Rangers pubs. Are certain, there's certain there's certain pubs that, that, that it's really it's weird. It's, if you know, if you need to be like sort of and to understand or try and sort yeah. of explain it, but you just go, you look at that pub and go, that pub is that pub's a Celtic pub. So right. Celtic fans are drinking it. And it's sort of those sort of communities, and it's more than the football's great, and it's it's obviously that's the big enticing factor. We all love football anyway, but it's just your team. It's just what you've been brought up with. You just mm. really, really that it's just it's, it's just a that's the sort of way of life you're brought up. With. You you actually it's hurting me really, really now that we've no football now during lockdown. It's a really big part. It's it's a really big part of so many people's lives, um, yeah. up and down the world. Never mind up and down the country, up and down. Through the four corners of the world, there's so many people that depend that are just love football. It's more than just play. It's just that sort of thing. You're all that you're kind of immersed. You're immersed within it. If that sort of makes sense, and that's the sort of just way for me. I just I, it's just a sort of a love and the football, the community, the just the sort of going to watch going to watch the team, and then even scaling it back to me and um, just playing myself and coaching myself. Um, I just really really enjoy it. Yeah, so like when you're talking about like there's uh, pubs and stuff like that that are completely based around this like sport where one team, like one team supporters will go. Mm-hmm. Is that something that other sports really have, where it's like a specific team's pub kind of thing? No, absolutely it's not. The only, way, the only way you would have it is I'm trying to maybe say like I don't. I'll use rugby as an example because that's the sport that. I think of where you would say, like the it's sort of the the I'll say the Glasgow Warriors Warriors would maybe have the only sort of pub they would have base for them would be like a say like a, a rugby club where you would you ever right. been to a party at like a rugby club? Yeah, yeah. That thought it would be their pub. It would be right. people who frequent and go to the they would do that. But you've got within Glasgow you can have so you can have two Celtic pubs in the same street <laughs> or the same sort of. Main Street, if you like, and yeah, saw that. Yeah. Um, there's a there's two two examples I can use. There's two pubs in Rutherglen. I don't know if you know where Rutherglen yeah, is, but yeah. it's close to Cambus Lang, and there's 
a pub called Chapman's at the top of our one, which is a quite a good Celtic pub. And then there's a pub further down called The Vogue, which is a massive Celtic pub. And you've Shout got to them supporters if any, buses, supporters buses leave for these for these um for these places these pubs as well. You've got hundreds of buses that's to go to away games and that's another right. community in itself. There's just so many communities within within football, especially within Celtic. This is going to sound like a stupid question to you, right? But an away game, is that just a game that's not at, like, your like, yeah, official I, club I, uh, I, or stadium? I, I, right, I, okay. It's a domestic away game. You've got a European away, which is away in European competition. They are, they are the, the now that have some of the best days of my life, going with just to explore other cities and the night the culture the part the, the part just the part in between all our fans it's great mm. to go and mix with other fans as well it hasn't always been positive um Lazio was brings that to mind we went to Rome we won two one away in Rome uh, I, I was there there was ten thousand in our allocation we get given us something Celtic allocation and we went and but the Lazio fans were out to get us it was like we had to get specially bussed to the game and stuff like that. They, they, these are people that they don't really mess about. They were out to, to get us and stuff like that. And it's just a sort of football casuals thing. It's like people that you get factions of teams that just go and fight with each other. Right. And it, that's taken to another level in certain countries. And that was an example of it. But It seems like sometimes football is heavily associated with like like youth violence. Is that uh, something that you'll come across? Uh, I have seen things. I've seen uh, things at football at, at games before. Uh -huh. I've never, never personally, thankfully, uh, thankfully touched. Still touched with that doesn't occur. That I haven't actually had to. I've never been injured through football. Never really been involved in any of it. It's kind of, um, it's it's one of the ones you see if you go looking for trouble, it'll find you. Mm, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I just when I go to the games, you go, you go and enjoy the game. You go back to the pub with your pals after it. But um, I have seen I have seen things in the past, um, just sort of um, just sort of like that, just kind of things like that before and stuff. But it's usually it's usually um, not not to like sort of at the game. It's like after the game, away from the ground where right. these things kind of take place. Because when you're at the game, if you've ever been, I, I don't know if you've been before uh, uh, any game, but there's hundred the police presence at football games is. Um, is frightening. There's so many right. uh, officers and um, and sort of just easy, easy arrest if you do that. And these, you know, that's not what they're looking for. They're looking to obviously for to fight, and then it'll they'll they'll get away with it, kind of thing. So interesting. Um, I mean, I don't want to just focus on all like the sort of like negative things of football. But no, what are some I of the positive things? That, like, Tell me some of the good things that come from football. Well, I'll tell you some of the good things that come from football is it unites everybody in the world um, because no matter no matter where you go, you'll always see that there'll be there's football is yeah. at the heart at the heart of communities. You've got so many different peoples with so many different opinions, and it's taken off of the off of where it's at grounds and on the TV, and it's taken into pubs and clubs and houses and it foster sort of debate and and chat and, and foot, uh, sort of like, sort of debate and football chat and stuff like that it's not really uh, it's just such unites everybody yeah. so much and 
like people really just look forward to football season starting and I watched I will watch games for you anywhere in the world from anywhere in the world like you um, you watch I can, you can sit all day you have early games from England then you'll have later games in the night from Germany Spain Italy France and then when it comes to the internationals I, it's a lot of the time people go oh the club football stops so it's an international break so your clubs are like Celtic Rangers Hearts Hearts, Hibs, Liverpool, Arsenal, more, but obviously English one, Man United, Barcelona, etc. Right? right, that's your clubs. Then you've got internationals of Scotland, England, your, your countries. Right, right. So you go and represent your country, but a lot of people don't like the internationals. It's not looked on very favourably at times because it's sort of seen as being born. UEFA and FIFA, to their credit, have tried to instill new tournaments and stuff like that to make it more interesting. But the two biggest, two, the two big tournaments internationally are the Euros. And um, and which is the European Championships and the World Cup, the big South American one is the um, obvious. Um, that's terrible mind blank. With um, oh, terrible mind. Don't worry, mind I'm blank. still going to take all the this. Africa, so much information. Yeah, I think the Copa, the Copa America, that's terrible. Yes, yeah, so you've, you've got the Copa America and South and South America, um, and you've got the um, the African Cup of Nations in Africa, kind of thing. But that's your um, that's your sort of your sort of uh, big ones like internationally, and then you'll go on and uh, and they're probably one of the most prestigious things of football is to win the World Cup. And those that have been lucky enough to do it, I say that that's just it's it's one of the, the pinnacles of their career, and it's it brings everyone together because the whole world stops to watch it whenever right. it's on. No matter what games you watch, every single game. Yeah. Um, why are sort of national teams or national football not as uh, why do people not find it as interesting as like club based like football I think it's because it's your it's, I, don't, I don't know it's just sort of a, I think it's a kind of um, a bit less intimate a bit less a, yes, but it's, I, it's a UK opinion kind of that the international breaks a bit like I think other countries kind of come together and I don't know seem to be a different different opinions will exist within the whole world but mm. certainly here it's because you just want to get back to your domestic season you want to get back to Celtic you just want to get back away from just this international break you would rather it wasn't there but obviously in Scotland probably the reason why people don't look forward to international breaks we haven't qualified for a tournament in 22 years so um, since the 1998 World Cup so that's that. <laughs> Interesting. I mean, I feel like you could kind of draw parallels between like someone who's really, really into music. It's kind of like someone who's really, really into football. Like they would travel the world to go see gigs and, and festivals and stuff like that. It's kind of like similar in that respect. Um, but I guess I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I feel like it's so interesting to feel like to know that you're like going and following one team. Like, uh-huh the same people every time and then see how they interact with another team and how they like how it all kind of works and the mechanics of it it's quite fascinating so you, um, you've always been into football yeah ever, ever since I was younger um, I've always been um, into football I've played football from a very young age and I've coached football now for uh, years, a few years for some years as well so uh, it's always been a thing that's played a part in my life obviously more personal level away from uh, from going and supporting Celtic, mm. me playing, I've played 
uh, got to the Scottish Cup semi-final, played and represented the region down against uh, down in Newcastle against Sunderland. And countless brilliant memories. Um, done the done the double with the school, which was winning to winning a trophy, winning to basically um, two different trophies in the right. same year. All right. Um, it was a League and Cup double. We done. Um, uh, we did. Sorry, so we did a League and Cup double. Represented. Um, the region just plenty of fond memories just it's more than the bonding and making memories and yeah. as a as a coach I'm obviously still young now so I've been uh, coaching for I've been involved in football um, from not uh, coaching while I'm playing as well and now just kind of fully only coaching and kind of playing five aside with my friends and my pals yeah. and stuff like that seven aside my pals and um, and no it's really really great and again we've won five we've won five tournaments as well which has been magic which is another sort of side it's a um, more small sided game but it's just kind of when you're not really the full 11 aside but it's it's still a good a good laugh and i've did the, uh, played in a, a lot of good tournaments at, at that sort of thing as well so again it's just a thing that's been a really really big part of my life and i, I love it and i'll continue to play football until i'm i can't physically move anymore <laughs> running wise like, yeah. i always play just every week obviously not the now with this carry on being yeah. in there but Certainly, before we stopped, I was between playing and um, sort of training, doing other things as well. I was active in football about for five, five or six days a week. Right. So, um, which uh, when you've got the eating and um, drinking habits that I have, um, <laughs> is quite good to keep a sort of healthy balance. I think I, I, I dare to imagine what size I would be had I <laughs> decided that I didn't. Uh, like to play, f- I didn't play. I didn't play football. I'd probably be with the side of the house, but <laughs> <laughs> then, <laughs> then, you, then you have it. Um, so I, that's the sort of story about about that. Yeah, honestly, this is like I don't know if I'm making it clear how interested I am right now because I just love hearing people talk about things they're really passionate about, and you're clearly really passionate about it. So mm-hmm. I'm loving this. Um, so do you want to jump into like maybe more about religion? Do you think it's important to be? religious to be a Celtic supporter or do you think it's important to be a Celtic supporter if you're religious or do you think there's any correlation well, there? A lot of people, um, uh, there's a lot of folk that really aren't religious. Like, being a Celtic fan doesn't mean you need to turn up to Mass every Sunday right. kind of thing. Yeah. It's just the sort of thing that you went to a Catholic, it's more to do with the schools, you went to a Catholic school, you were christened, you made your first communion, sort of um, like reconciliation, blah, 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 all your sacraments if you like when you're yeah. a, a kind of, you're Catholic, but being a Celtic fan doesn't mean you need to turn up to Mass every Sunday. Obviously, a lot of people do, and it's, it's tradition and stuff like that, but you could argue that you've got plenty of tradition in like South America. Like, um, you wouldn't have Boca Juniors going to Mass before every single Copa America match, but they just go to Mass as a part of the, the community, so mm. it's not really a support. You have to be, you have to be uh, religious to um, go and see Celtic all the time that would of course be absurd to think that you would probably maybe be wrong to think that but <laughs> right. I'm just saying that the, 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 you, would, you would say that the majority of or a lot of the, Celt- the Celtic families are sort of Catholic based families if that sense right, but yeah. Celtic finds itself in being a club open to all so no matter if you're Catholic if you're Christ- Christian which takes in Catholic positive, if you're um, if you're Muslim Sikh, Buddhist, whatever, mm. you would be welcome through the gates of Celtic Park, and that's a, that actually makes me really proud as a club as well. That you don't right. doesn't matter who, who you have at the club, you're um, you they're always made to feel very very welcome, and that's a, a sort of 
a very, very good perk of the club. It's said before every game. Uh, it basically goes, Celtic was established in 1888 as a club open to all. Right. We say that before every game. I mean, I, I respect that. That sounds good. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with that. That sounds perfect. Um, so do you have any friends that aren't Celtic supporters but support other teams? Ah. I, I do, of course. Um, um, and it's great because it gives you a different dynamic. Usually, well, maybe not usually you agree with everything with Celtic fans, but certainly you'll agree on big points. But mm. if you have a fan, and I've got uh, pals that are not that are only Rangers fans, I have friends, pals that are impartial, that are Hamilton Ackies fans and Murrible fans and mm. stuff like that as well. So you get a a flavour for everybody else and they'll say what about us if you're having a debate or what about this what about that things that they'll maybe accuse you of being biased for uh, which they're going to do that anyway it's difficult being at the top of the tree you've got everybody shooting at you all the time when you're a Celtic fan you've got everybody else trying to shoot at you but when you've got Rangers fans sort of for some of the for giving their opinion which the majority of the time I think is absolute nonsense anyway um, they um, especially in recent times with certain having to do investigations into the SPL and stuff like that I think is absolutely ludicrous but I have no idea what the it's, SPL it's is. clutching it strong it's basically they, obviously we're having to figure out what's going to happen with the leagues due to the coronavirus pandemic right. right so what happened is uh, all the clubs voted about a resolution but what happened what happened actually came out in the investigation today because it had uh, been read was that Dundee um Dundee FC, um, who um, shock horror are from Dundee, um, <laughs> tried to submit tried to submit their, their vote, uh, but it didn't actually get received by the SPL. It went into a quarantined mailbox, which was controlled by a third party. So nobody in there. The, 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 there was accusations coming out of Rangers that were that, that they were accusing the they were accusing the SPFL of basically diddling the votes, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But, but it was proven by an independent investigator, which Rangers asked for today, which uh, that they um, that it was untrue. Uh, basically, there was no there was no sort of uh, wrongdoing on the SP in the SPFL um, on their sort of board. And it's actually the, the, it's this might be difficult for if you don't really into football, you understand the SFA, the Scottish Football Association, right. they're the sort of association, but the SPFL are the Scottish Professional Football League. They're in charge of the league. And they were the ones that were getting the sort of flack because they're supposed right. to have fiddled the, the thing. If I, I sometimes even get confused myself, I say SFL and I should say SPFL, but SPFL basically were the ones that could, with a resolution, to sort of see what was going to happen in the league. So the clubs have now voted for a sort of what the, the 42 member associations have voted for, well, the league can be decided that it can be just given to Celtic because we are 13 points clear. Uh, that the, the board now have the power to do that. Right. Uh, that's what kind of I think deep down Rangers clutching at straws, thinking they can still catch us, has really annoyed them, and I think that's the root of their frustration. Is right. really that I don't think it's anything to do with any of the reasons that the suits that the suits that sit up in Ibrox have tried to pro- proclaim that they that they think is that they think are the reasons for it. They deep down they're just. And they're just basically sad at their team's capitulation after the, the the turn of the new year when they were really it was neck it was neck and neck up to Christmas and then we just had we just had a whole new level and I think that's the root of the problem to be honest. Right. 
why is it always sort of like uh, Celtic and Rangers that's like the main enemies in Scottish football well Hearts and Hibs uh, Hibernian and Hartland Midlothian are both from Edinburgh uh, they right. are the sort of Edinburgh derby and they don't like each other too but Celtic and Rangers it's just with all the other stuff that's thrown into the mix and, and it's just the two biggest clubs in Scotland has, right. Well, um, sort of. So when when Rangers became a new club in two thousand and twelve, um, and this is this is this is uh, another story. Rangers were liquidated for uh, basically not being able to pay the taxman enough money. To cut a long story short, there's a lot more story uh, to that story. With things called EBTs, which they never ever paid back. But right. they were demoted and made a new club and had to start from the bottom and work their way back up um, again. Um, so they. Have basic, they've basically been in our shadow for a decade. So it's kind of that even their old sort of the old cause we would call them their older club have been um, kind of like there was always history between its two biggest teams in Scottish football tradition, the the history and stuff like that that they that the, the two clubs have always had. And when Rangers went down in two in two thousand and twelve. As soon as they get back up, there was a lot of more sort of like the attention was obviously like a lot of people down south were saying, "Oh, you've got Celtic just winning, running, and trouncing the league all the time." And a lot of people thought Rangers coming back up would would really start restart that up again. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, um, it's kind of Celtic have been just reached a new level in this last um, the the end of the the end of that the last decade, and it's to be. And we've done really, really well. But the reason they're always a big focus is it's the two clubs that draw, and whether they, they like it or not, the two clubs are massive, and it's whether they, it's whether as they draw attention to each other. Yeah. Unfortunately for the rest of Scottish football, they just need to deal with that because it's your two big fish. If you look at Spain, your two big fish there are Barcelona and Real Madrid, right. um, and they are the two. But obviously, you've got other big clubs in Spain as well. But as soon as you think of Spanish football, you think Barca, Real Madrid. You think of Scottish football, you think, you think of Celtic and Rangers yeah. kind of idea. That's the sort of thing I'm, I'm trying to hit home. And yeah, I always yeah. make a lot of my Rangers fans pals laugh with the new club argument because they think, oh, it's still the, the same old club and stuff like that. And do you know something? It's a debate that's never, ever, that's never mm-hmm. in a million years going to be settled. And um, I've got good pals that are Rangers fans and it's a good laugh to, to bring that um, up now and again. And they'll probably be watching this the now if they do. Going, ah, we're not a new club. This, this, <laughs> that, that, that. But that's just part of the sort of the but uh, the sort of. Um, I, I hate using the word banter, but I can't think of any other word. This just this sounds no, a bit. Like <laughs> but yeah. The sort of camaraderie. I like that better. It's the sort of camaraderie <laughs> between, the, between the two fans, and it's a thing that kind of lives up to it. But no, without a doubt, the the, the derby, the the derby is one of the the biggest derbies in the world and it attracts so much attention whenever uh, games are whenever games are played it's watched on a worldwide basis um, no matter no matter there's people that wake up at six in the morning to watch it when it's a 12 o'clock click, kick off like glasgow time whereas um there'll be people when i don't know whatever Mexi- mexico six hours behind so we'll use that as an example mexico city um would be watching it at that time right or um, if you want to go six hours in front to somewhere, I don't know, maybe over sort of to the Middle East idea. I don't know, maybe even further than that. I'm not really sure time zones that way, but you would have people watching it at that time as well. Where have you travelled to, to watch a game? Uh, I've been kind of... Uh, Europe 
is the furthest because it's the Champions League and Europa League. You play European teams. It's UEFA, the, um, the sort of European football and government body who commission that. So I've been to places like I've been to places like Italy. I've been to Germany. Germany was amazing. Uh, then uh, recently for Copenhagen, mm-hmm. um, that was absolutely um, fantastic. That's the most recent trip. Copenhagen was amazing. Yeah. Um, I so. What has the, a better the, atmosphere? I can't tell you. you I didn't see, I never knew the, the Danish Krona. <laughs> the Danish Krona. I've never used that before <laughs> when I went to Denmark. And uh, again, uh, that was a weird. But I was also in Spain, although uh, for the UEFA Cup final. Uh, Seville. My dad was actually at the game. I was in a pram. <laughs> um, uh, rolled up. Well, rolled up. 2000, uh, 2002, 2003. I was still. I um, just be with walking but right. uh, kind of hang but I was still only two or, two or three uh, years of age I was I was just learning to walk and stuff like that yeah. and uh, getting bearings so about, right about me um, I never spoke until I was two and a half years old my dad my dad now maintains that I never shut up after that um, so I waited that long and then decided to just never be quiet so <laughs> I anyway he was at the, the game in, the game in Seville so Spain kind of would be on on the, on the list because I was there but I don't for the life of me remember I was going to go to Valencia last year but Unique chapped in the door with a lovely assignment and exam accompanying a, a, a sort of accompanying accompanying each other so mm. unfortunately I had to prioritise um, Unique first yeah. of course and um, that was that but I know I've, I've, I've many more times to, to come travelling to go and uh, see Celtic I'm really really look forward to yeah. Um, to go on in more time than just again when we get out of this lockdown but with lockdown I don't know how that obviously Nicola Sturgeon's announced that gatherings aren't going to be really a thing anytime soon mm. she's really said we're going to have to coexist with it with we're going to need to let, 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 find a way to live alongside the virus I think were the words that she may have used yesterday something along yeah. those lines so having 60,000 people Packed into a football, packed into a stadium yeah. isn't going to be. I don't think that'll be the norm until at least next year. I don't know what they'll do. I don't know if they'll just have to start the season behind closed doors. But I just pray to God that there was talks of the human, the human trials and the vaccines starting and stuff like that. I hope that the vaccine just gets as as successful and they can start mass producing it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Hopefully, the better we can get back to like normal life and have these of events course. again, much better. Yeah. Um, what is a what's a more exciting experience? Is it traveling to these countries and getting to watch the team, or is it staying home and having like that more like uh, closer relationship with the players at home? Um, it's exciting all in to go and see Celtic no matter where you go. Um, the the, the feeling stays the same, and you always support your team going and. See the game. The, the biggest thing about the European trip is before and after the game, when you're out with all the other fans, pumping mm. the pubs, hitting the clubs, yeah. kind of going and enjoying the country, the, the whole city that you're in, and and just enjoying yourself. Going to the games are amazing as well, though. Well, it's great to go and say, "Oh, there's a game being watched by so many around the world," and I'm I'm there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The fans standing in the the south in the in the Celtic end watching, um. Watching, watching the obviously watching my team play, but again being at home, it's great being at home. You get a lot of again another sort of communities of people yeah. who sit beside at the games. They don't 
you get season tickets, so they don't change. You don't sit next to somebody different every game unless you've not got a season ticket. But you've got a season ticket, the guys next to you got a season ticket. You'll see them every time. You get to know the people around you and stuff like that. You know a bit about them, what they do. Um, just get to yeah. sort of... It's a whole that, experience I, either way. Yeah, that is. So, I. But you don't know what one's like better. If you do, if you do rate one over the other... I, I can't, can't. unless unless you were a football you would know because yeah, yeah. it's obviously away days are nuts because you're away you're in the minority of the crowd the same mm. with domestic it's great going to away games and that but at the same time I, I just love watching the, the team all together obviously atmosphere yeah. wise you say because you're the away team you, you sing all the time you would say away games are, are really good atmosphere wise some home games are um, like we've got the, the Green Brigade who will sing all the time but You've, it's obviously it's the full end singing away games but then when you've got the bigger games the whole stadium will join in and stuff like that but and again it's not really the whole the whole stadium will join in and, and when the team needs the backing and stuff like that mm-hmm. as well we were voted a couple of years ago the best fans in the world yeah. Celtic fans were voted the best fans in the world in a poll uh, so there's no sort of um, there can't be any sort of denying that we are a fantastic set support that we are a fantastic support, yeah. and um, and a, a club with lots of history. The first, the first team within the British Isles to win the European Cup. They actually, not, I believe, I read not too long ago that actually the first sort of Northern Hemisphere because it was um, sort of team. But I, I don't know. I need to look into previous winners of that. I don't know if I'm too enamoured by that. I'll never look at that. But I think we obviously. I think the point whoever was saying that was trying to make was after we won it, then Man United won it, Bayern Munich was that won it after that. It's kind of like sort of progression like you. It was more like Italian teams and stuff like that. Right. Were winning the champ, were winning the, the European Cup. It was at a time of the Champions League now, but we were certainly and as and as stated in complete fact, the first um, the first team within the British Isles to win the the, the Champions League back in 1967 in Lisbon. The Lisbon Lions, they get called all, all icons, club icons. What is the, uh, what did you say earlier, the Green the Green Brigade? The Green Brigade. What, what's that? It's a, it's a ultras group, they, they call them, they are basically, they, are, they put on displays at games, they sing from minute one to minute 90, and, right. and aye, that's what they are, they're just, they, they sit, they have their own section at the at Celtic Park, it's the safe standing section, that's what they do, they, they uh, travel everywhere with the team as well, and um, so that's like a fan turned up to eleven kind of thing. Aye, eleven kind of thing. But saying that, you don't need to be in the Green Brigade for Celtic to be a way of life for you. It's um, a lot, of, a lot of people. It's still, still a lot of people's way of life. They just like to. They don't need, want to take the ultra fanatical approach to jump about for ninety minutes. And, <laughs> yeah, well, um, yeah. Kind of, they they're happy to sit and watch the game and but yeah. still go to the pub it's still their thing it's just it's still a way of life without just a different that. type of a way of engaging ultras, it's just a sort of ultras outlook on it which um, is just another outlook on it it's just another right. way that football's kind of um, beamed around at, at the sort of foot, the football and sort of uh, world evolves it's just the sort of way it's beamed mm. around the world is through the ultra culture so the old teams have a like an ultra uh, like group not, not not every single team um, it's but the best, the sort of best example you would look ultra wise is the German fans. They are, they are meant. Borussia Dortmund's yellow wall is 
massive that Stiffel's stand, I, I don't even know what the capacity is, but it's massive, of just complete, just fans jump about the whole game. It's just, but it's, the, it's called the yellow wall for a reason. If you ever look it up on YouTube after it, yeah. you'll see. <laughs> I'm interested, I'll take a note. Yeah. <laughs> um, you look up the game, they, they some of the Celtic fan yeah. stuff as well, and they told stadium singing, you'll never walk alone before before the um, the game and stuff like that is brilliant. So like, there's a lot of things associated with like a team. So like obviously like Celtic has like, obviously out with its logo, it's heavily associated with green. So like, as I can see, your room's green. Is there like, <laughs> how far does that go for you? Like, would you not drive a blue car? Um, I, this may sound like me trying to sound like a politician and dodge the bullet here, but I don't actually like the colour blue anyway. <laughs> yeah, I know it's Fair the colour of Scotland, but I don't really like. I, I I've liked to wear more like green clothes and stuff like that. I, I know I know what you're trying to say. Like, would you wear only wear green clothes, or would you not buy like blue? Of course, there is certain things that you need to buy that are blue, and people do like blue jeans and stuff. Like I wouldn't mm. go spray paint my, my jeans green. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah. not. I'm not trying. Like, I know what you mean. Uh, a lot of people, I you would say, if you ever walking by and you see somebody going to a game, you would stare at them and see them dressed in green, mm. or that would be their dress sense. Or on the other side, like Rangers dressed, fans dressed in blue or blue shoes and, and stuff like that. But it's not really one of the the things that you. Uh, Do you think like, there maybe is like a sort of subconscious approach to things? Like, if you did maybe, see something green, I, you'd I, I get what you're saying, and and you and I, I understand. I know what you're saying, and you're actually right. When you are saying there is the subconscious approach that. I, I would have my, my room painted green before it's painted blue. That's right. what you mean. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Aye, aye. Well, in that case, yeah, there are certain things. But yeah. again, there are certain things that you can't go spray painting your jeans blue. Yeah. So if you had the option, green, kind of you can't thing. go spray painting blue jeans green. Yeah, yeah. No, I get that. I can, I can totally get that. Um, yeah, yeah your... I, I, my room and stuff like that would definitely be, you would go, oh, he's a Celtic fan. I'm <laughs> saying that. Obviously, the met without the memorabilia and the clothes that way as well more seem to be orientated around uh, green but my the, my cars um it's bullet grey so it's not really <laughs> it's enough, not in the, that sort that sort of thing out with sort of like the actual like going to the games or going to like um i guess maybe like going to like a sort of celtic pub that's kind of like something that's quite interesting to me like how it can sort of transcend the actual game itself is there a lot of other things like that where you don't need to go to the game to be involved in sort of like the club in a sense like going to a, a pub yeah you've got this you've got supporters clubs where you can have like fundraising nights speakers nights where you get ex-professionals right. or current players coming and speaking um a good thing is charity as well a lot of charity days and stuff like that right yeah you'll get charity games or charity sport like fundraisers or race like that can be orientated around celtic you'd think of anything you've really been to party-wise, and you could have a Celtic party sort of similarly along with uh, sort mm. of those lines as well. So I'll probably, as an example, like, uh, just a, 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 somebody's sort of party they would have, you could have a party for like, celebrating the anniversary of something. Right, like, right. Supporters club celebrating their, fifth, like, their 50th anniversary. Yeah. So that sort of, they sort, that sort of runs in line. It's all inspired by at the, at the heart of it with Celtic as well and that is a thing uniquely that happens with um, 
Celtic and Rangers actually as well. That it's again maybe not in as big as that maybe happens at other clubs, but not as big a scale. But there's hundreds of supporters clubs for both sides that go to all the games and stuff like that, and um, and that's just a different sort of side of things as well. But they all drink all drink the same pub or, or pubs within the same vicinity, or and they'll all maybe meet up and stuff like that. But yeah, that's what that is. Um. So like I know that things like uh, orange walks and stuff like that might occur and take place and stuff. What are your opinions I, on that? I was waiting for this uh, part to come. <laughs> um, I was actually I was actually uh, surprised it never cropped up when I was the religion bit was there, but um, <laughs> I think they're backdated. Yeah. They're, there's the hub, the hubs walk and the orange walk are sort of what what are things that I, I haven't to be and I'll be completely honest. This isn't me speaking from another from one Celtic side I haven't actually really witnessed any Hibs walks I don't know uh, really why um, it's just because you kind of hear that there's a lot of or- like orange walks around sort of summertime and stuff like that and I just think that we don't that a lot of Rangers fans are of the opinion we don't really need them right. they just can go they're, they're backdated they're talking about things that happened 310 years ago right. and kind of thing and the, the two walks just they can kind of just leave it but it's what it's what a lot of people are sort of intertwined with them but I really think they're backdated and they just um, they can move forward from it because they bring a lot they they do bring about a lot of trouble Mm. Uh, you notice that a lot of times especially with an orange walk a lot of people um, will follow and this is me speaking to a couple of Rangers fans obviously I don't know because I'm not um, it's not really what I think that I do, and mm. I try to stay away from it. Um, right. And I've said to them, let's like, see, we, we, I don't know if but a lot of them, to be fair, my pals are Rangers fans, don't bother with it either with yeah. the orange walk. But they turn, they turn around and, and say that, oh, listen, um, it's the following of it is obviously still big, but it wasn't as big as it used to be. Like, it's dropped down, you used to get 100 people following it with Rangers top, mm. the tops and that, but now it's kind of. Back died away a wee bit, yeah. but in terms of in terms of, it, I think it just needs and banned altogether. To yeah. be honest, cause it just brings about trouble, and we just need to listen. Let them if people want to have their beliefs and they want to sing their songs, they can keep them within their clubs right, and stuff yeah. like that. Because Celtic fans will, will do the same, sing their songs and stuff like that as well. But I don't think we need to parade take, it on the street. On the street. And the worst thing you can be is stuck behind one because they're slower than a week in the jail and you <laughs> and you can't and you can't like obviously people walking and you're trying to drive and people yeah. are walking the road. That goes for any march, that doesn't matter what kind of march it is, getting stuck behind a march is absolute torture. <laughs> and you just need to do a U turn and forget about it. Yeah. Um forget about where you're going or find an alternate route. That's probably that's the joke everybody says that you all want to be stuck behind any sort of march, never mind. Uh, ne- never mind any any other sort of thing, but you don't want never mind any other sort of road closure or that. But you don't want to be stuck behind people walking because you've got people walking, and basically yeah. you know that the road isn't closed. And if they just move out the way, you can get get can past them. But um, but that's obviously there's more than there's more than uh, the hips walks and orange marches that stop the that stop the um that stop traffic for walking. There's other marches that do that as well. But just in terms of bringing about trouble and that to consign these sort of religious marches I don't even know if they are if they're, they're probably sort of to consign the sort of um, the orange marches and the sort of any religious connotation and to consign mm-hmm. the Republic the, uh, the, the Hibs what it's called the Republican marches which to be fair there isn't in Glasgow I've not really came across mm-hmm. 
as many of to cons- just to consign these to the past within the city will kind of just make will just help everybody keep the songs that they sing in their clubs away from whatever and if they want to do that that's within their own space same with the Celtic fans because obviously the things like the, um, obviously with all the other history stuff happening in Ireland there's songs that will come out from both sides if you keep them in the past then Keep, but if I, if you keep the matches and stuff like that in the past, then it just sort of disrupts. Because um, I just think the matches can be consigned to the past. To be honest, yeah. So it's kind of like just you can sing your songs and, and do your matches as long as you can do it in your own space. Don't try and interrupt other yeah. people's lives, kind of thing. Yeah, I, I kind of think obviously the practical approach of a match is to walk about the street. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Pra- practical approach it wouldn't be kind of you would be it would be a, is this the way to Amarillo video if you were in the if you were in a, a hall doing it <laughs> kind of just marching in the spot for yeah. but, um, <laughs> that's, but what I'm saying is it's like just it's like having to be able to hear the marches and, and stuff like that it's a kind of a thing you just you just want them gone to yeah. the, the past kind of thing and that's kind of my view on it just marches marches just forget about them, ban them, and then just move um, on, progress on, evolve, progress yeah. with life and if, again, if there's pubs and clubs if you want to sing your songs and proclaim your songs then that's fine, it's in their own space, nobody stops them in their own space within four walls of their clubs or their house, yeah. and they, who gets these songs get dragged into sta- to stadiums as well yeah. and, and get signed si- si- games the Scottish, the Police and the SFA and the rest tried to roll out the offensive behaviour at Football Act, but they kind of, it was really bad against football fans because they were starting to really take it too liberally. They were just filming people during games and stuff like that, innocent people. Mm. And it was a good idea to get rid of that act because the act wasn't thought out properly. It was kind of rushed in right. and passed Parliament. And it, was a, it was well repealed. It got repealed and it was, was kind of just people getting kind of things they didn't do. Right, or right. Just, like getting filmed during games and stuff like that and yeah. it just kind of wasn't really be fair in every single fan so the, the songs get sang at both sides all the uh, uh, all, uh, during all games it's sort of sectarian songs and stuff like that and it's just a part of, it's, it's a part of the game now right uh, I, I, yeah a lot of, I've been a lot of calls for it to stop and stuff like that but there's no change in certain individuals and in, in, in the in the world and that's just the the, the world remain to become a part of the the songs for very for a long time to um, to come up. I, I, that's my opinion that I think they'll stay about. Whether they do or not is uh, a different story. Awesome. Uh, I feel like I've pretty much covered every question that I was thinking of. Um, is there anything I you want to come up with? Any other questions about other football and the world, or any other sort of questions about me before I go? I'll happily answer them about Spanish, about my uni or whatever, it's up, I don't mind. Yeah, just, I mean, you said you learned uh, Italian and Spanish. Yes, I did, I, I, I did at uni actually, I, I basically took the Italian, I walked in off the street approach, right. um, went to uni and I didn't actually know that this idea was that uh, oh, you have to basically be, um, that you have to pick three subjects you go in first year uni, um, and basically, um, so you, so I had to go, well, I've got education, I have Spanish, I have to pick something else. I don't like politics, I don't know what social policy is, <laughs> um, I don't have any intention of finding out what it is. I detest history, because it bores me having to learn about king this, queen that, 
miss that and the rest of it. Um, it's just pointless and I have no idea about why it's relevant. The only decent bit of history, in my opinion, it's maybe interesting is the World Wars um, and stuff like that. I don't really like anything else. They get, I think you can do like Irish history, that's interesting as well, but I'm talking about going away back to sick, like 15 and 1400s where he's like king something the second and all that. He's, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. nonsense, so that get binned as well. Uh, English, uh, after higher English, it was a duty English, so that was enough of that. And, uh, so basically, I, I, after going through all the choices and basically giving reasons why, I couldn't really, between French and Italian, I, I, I didn't really like, no, I just that was kind of thing about French, so I didn't really wanted to learn it. So Italian for me went, I can't actually find any reason why I won't do Italian, so let's try it. And I blessed that I've great tutors in all of my uni courses. I've never had a problem with anybody at uni so far, thankfully. Yeah, awesome. And, and, and Italian was great. Started from basic scratch, learning how to spell my name in the first class, of telling the teacher what Italian words I knew, like pizza, pasta, <laughs> child. <laughs> kind of thing. Um, that, was, that was good, but no. Um, uh, but then to kind of get into a second, a second year uni level, yeah. all in the of two years, and obviously Spanish is completely different. My Spanish journey started on a stage in the Costa del Sol holiday village, um, counting, to, counting to ten through a microphone in front of a, a room of people in Spanish. Mm. Um, so that's where my journey started for Spanish. I just always loved it, even in yeah. school. I was wasn't to go to high school to be able to do it. because And I was shot through first and second year, not dropped my mark in any tests at all. And I got to, to uni and it's just took off, being able to talk it all, like speak the language all day with everybody, with native people, meeting people through Spanish communities mm. and stuff like that, travelling to Spain and speaking to people when you go. Yeah. Same with Italy as well, when I went to Rome, I was talking in Italian away and it was great. And, and going to Spain, but just talking to people and and under and under and them understanding you and you're understanding yeah, back yeah. in a different language. Like, and they love it because it's an eye-opener for them. I always mm. remember a, a taxi driver saying to me, well, I, you you all come here as in from, um, not you personally, but you guys all come here mm. and expect us to speak Spanish. Yeah. What would happen if the shoe was in the other foot? And that opened my eyes. That was an eye-opener for me. So, to an example, right, see if you want to go, when lockdown finishes, you go to, want to go to a nice pub restaurant, right? Just a, one that's not in town because the, this will maybe answer the question anyway, but maybe even some in town as well. And you go to a restaurant, maybe, in, I don't know, where, where do you stay, Tom? Uh, I stay basically like bang between Glasgow and Edinburgh. Right, so what, middle of nowhere. Uh, right, so I would would I count Cumbernauld close? Or yeah. Everywhere is pretty much close and far away equally. So right, yeah, so yeah. We'll, we'll take Cumbernauld, right? Um, we'll we'll take we'll take Cumbernauld, right? And uh, that's where that's where you kind of would think, right? right. Uh, go out a wee pub in Cumbernauld. I'm going to go and get something to eat. A pub grub, right? Right. If you open the menu, you understand it, right? Yep. It's all in English, yep. right? If you go to Spain, go to restaurants, the menu is in English and Spanish. Can you imagine going to, a Sp- going to Spain and the whole menu just being in Spanish? Spanish. But in theory, it's their country. Yeah. It should be. But the amount of people, and that's what they say, like, you expect us to have everything yeah. for you in English over here. You expect this, you expect that. Mm. And it really, this guy was really pissed, really pissed off, by the way. Yeah. But it was, he was livid, really, really. And he was going like that. But I really respect someone like you who comes and tries and speaks their language and and, and that's. But I get, at the end of the day, on the flip side, 
the tourism market in Spain's great, and it's a thing that they've took under their, their wing. The way we put menus in, in, in English, and it means that yeah. our third highest economy contrib- con- like contributor yeah. thrives every year. And that's um, that's a that's a big part of lockdown as well as the economy will really yeah. suffer. So, but I think they're going to have to find a strategy to lift it within the next few months for economical reasons. Yeah, I really think that's a, another. Sort of side, but that's something that's boring and poli- but not boring. Lock- but lockdown, I really hope the coronavirus goes away. But I mean, politics in general, I hate politics mm-hmm. whatsoever. So, to back to obviously sort of Spanish away for that tangent, that was the idea just being able to yeah, learn yeah. the culture, going and communicate, and, and you can actually and being able to listen to football games in Spanish as well, and yeah. radio, and, and listen to different, do different things and stuff like that. It's really, really, I'm, I'm, I'm. I really, I think that I've cherished being able to, a skill I really enjoy doing is that. And then education, um, the, the bit, what I guess you can guess the first question I always get asked is, oh, do you want to be a teacher? Yeah. Um, and I say, well, no, it's more, edu- I don't do primary ed, I do like um, education studies kind of. Like, and it was more picked to detract, like sort of take the sort of pressure away. Like, because if I picked law in Spanish, law would get the big yeah. focus. Law's yeah. law. That was another reason laws said you haven't to learn to become a lawyer. You've got you've got so many different everybody yeah. fancy courtrooms and stuff like that. But you think about it, you've got you must have went lawyered for houses and stuff like that, mm-hmm. like people like wills and stuff like that. You'd have to learn about all that stuff as well. And I don't think you can just say, Oh, somebody's done something in the street, mm-hmm. take it to court. Yeah. It's not it's not what everybody sees on TV. There's and I only learned this through talking to some of the people who do law, there's so many different types of law that are like property law, it's unbelievable. So that would take too much away from Spanish. Whereas I wanted Spanish to be my number one focus. Right. And and that's just a bit struck like you need to take hundred and twenty credits a year, sixty credit semester, so it's kind of three subjects with classes in it. What um, is it you want to do with Spanish? I could do interpretation, translation. I would really like to get my coaching badges in Spain football coaching, so that language right. would help there. Yeah. But I can do that when I go away. Anyway, I can make a good. I can put a good dent into that. But interpretation, translation. I could become a, a teacher. Who knows? Who knows which round the corner? I've yeah. learned that really quickly in life. That especially with the personal experience of losing my mum and stuff like that, it was that shock, shock experience. Um, just one, what, going to bed one night the next morning, basically waking up and having to go up and down for hospital and stuff like that, and eventually she passed away in hospital. But who knows what life brings around the corner, and that's why I, I, my advice to anybody else would be: live in the moment. Don't, um, don't kind of be like, what if? If you're an athlete, if you just take every opportunity you've got while you've still got it, uh, because sooner or later opportunities will. Will, dis- will disappear from you. You don't want to be 20, 30 years down the line looking back and going, if I was younger, I wish I did this, that, and the rest of you. want to look back in your life and go, I've been out with my pals, enjoyed myself, I've tried new things. That's why I go on all these, that's why I, I always go away to try and go away and explore new countries as well, even out with the football aspect of it, try and explore things and, and stuff like that. Just to say, I've, I've done that. I don't want to get, I don't want to get to to being older and going, I don't want to do that. But I thankfully think I've already, and I've still got hundreds of memories in front of me. I've already created so many good memories in the short space of time that I think about it compared to other people that have been here. Hmm. Honestly, thank you so much for doing this. Like, I feel like a lot of people can take a lot of interest and in, in, like motivational like things from this. Yeah, um, you're a great to talk to. Bye, bye, to all. See you, beautiful.